fire I just wanna start a flame in your I've lost all ambition for worldly acclaim. I just wanna be the one you love. And with your admission, you'd feel the same. I'll have reached the goal I'm dreaming of. Believe me, I don't want to set the world on fire. I just want to start a flame in your heart. All right, that is what's up. So um, I'm in another location. Hold on, let me get this ready. <laughs> a good afternoon, everyone. It is the 25th of May. There's a lot to talk about. I don't know where to start. I don't know how the audio is coming in. I'm hoping it's coming in well. But I know everyone wants Journogate, but it's not time yet. It's not. We need to be patient. But speaking of journos, I think it's important to revisit yesterday's breaking news about planes being stopped and turned and (laughs) told that they need to land because they were flowing, flying, flowing, flying in their airspace. And Russia actually had something to say about it. They actually said, what's the outrage for? Because the interesting thing is, hmm, I wonder who wants this telegram journalist. Is it the good guys Or the bad guys, I'm just saying. So that's a question you should ask yourself. Before we watch what our news want us to understand, let's look at this Bloomberg quick take for a second. Let's hear what they have to say. We are are very tired. We were eight uh, hours there. Uh, we didn't get any information what happened, only what we could find on internet. We sat there and Were you not with no information. They just came and uh, they, uh, first of all, they took the, I think they, they took the, uh, the, the guy, the journalist uh, out from the plane and then they started disembarking the passengers. And, and then we were all questioned and uh, not, not questioned, like uh, checked and uh, waited in line and so on. Uh, it's not normal. You can you can have this uh, this power to do this, and I think uh, our government should not accept that, and it should be uh, some uh, sanctions about uh, Belarusi to have uh, doing that. They can pretend there is a bomb alert to stop your plane. So for sure, it was uh, not true. The dog was more here to to cover their, their excuse, but uh, the, the fact are they just wanted to arrest a mine, so they, uh, they impacted the day of all of uh, more than uh, hundreds of people. 
Welcome back to Quick Take Charge. I'm Tim Stanovec. And I'm Jennifer Zabasaja in New York. Now, the other top story of the day. Flights are being redirected to avoid Belarusian airspace after the government in Minsk forced a Ryanair plane to land and arrested a journalist on board. The European Union will consider further sanctions against Belarus when its leaders meet in Brussels later today for the start of a two-day summit. Bloomberg has learned potential measures could include suspending flights over Belarus and banning the country's national airline, from landing at EU airports. On the phone with us to discuss is Bloomberg's Alberto Nardelli. He's in London and he focuses on European political reporting, including security and sanctions. So Alberto, thank you so much for joining us today on this top story. Uh, So one problem that we have right now is Belarus is already so heavily sanctioned. So what other retaliatory uh, measures could the European Union uh, consider in, in terms of Belarus at this point? I think the immediate measures that we might see are the ones that you just mentioned. So European leaders tonight, when they meet, the measures that they will look at immediately are things like suspending uh, flights of all EU airlines over uh, Belarus, banning uh, the Belarus national carrier Belavia from landing in EU airports. And also, crucially, they could also suspend transit, including ground transit Mm. from Belarus to the European Union. So those are the immediate measures. And then they are also very likely to call for an inquiry from the International Civil Aviation Organization. And whatever that inquiry finds could lead to further measures further down the line. Alberta, how might more sanctions change Belarus's relationship with with other countries uh, outside of the EU? Um, I think that's a very good good question, because what we've seen with the, the EU has already imposed three rounds of sanctions right. on nearly 100 individuals. I think 88 is the exact figure. And they were already planning a fourth round of sanctions in June. And what we've seen is that this has made Belarus get closer and closer uh, to Russia. So I think that relationship is going to keep getting tighter and tighter. We've already seen this morning the Russian foreign ministry has backed Belarus and the actions that it, that it took. And until that relationship loosens, then... You know, it's very difficult for the European Union to, to do anything substantial because while Belarus is a small country, Russia isn't. Right. And Alberto, that, that's a good point, because um, how are how is the European Union going to uh, commit any sort of sanctions, any sort of measures against the country if Russia is not on board with them? I mean, how likely is it that we're actually going to see something come out of this? Um, I think we'll definitely see action in the sense that there's lots of anger. So we'll see action on uh, air travel and possibly transit, including, say, uh, commercial uh, transit. So that would have an impact on the country's economy. However, the country is already heavily uh, under sanctions and its economy isn't doing great. But until it is propped up by Moscow, it makes the impact of sanctions very limited. Also consider in terms of actual measures on individuals like asset freeze and travel bans, the vast majority of the country's government and political leadership is already under sanction. So they can't, you know, you, it's hard to raise the stakes on that specific front. And other types of measures currently aren't on the discussion. Mm-hmm. Hey, Alberto, give us the latest on, on, on everything that, that we know about the detained reporter. So we know very little in terms of uh, where the reporter is, uh, where they're being treated. Obviously, there's very little information and news coming out of uh, Belarus, uh, and there's still little on the reasons. We, we, we can speculate on the reasons. Obviously, the platform that 
he was an editor of Nexa, has had a huge impact in Belarus. You know, it has about two million subscribers. It's a country of nine and a half million people. It played a key role in the in covering the elections, a key role in organizing the protests. Some say the scale of protests wouldn't have been possible without uh, this uh, media platform. Uh, so you can see why the Belarus government didn't like him and the platform. Still, it's a very bold move, an unprecedented move too, despite all those reasons. Yeah. Bloomberg's Alberto Nardelli in London. Alberto, thank you so much for taking the time and for joining us on this. Really appreciate it. Well, joining us now is Frenak Viacorka. He's a former journalist who's now an advisor to the opposition. He joins us from Vilnius, Lithuania. Thanks so much for being here, Frenak. Really appreciate you taking the time. I just want you to give us your reaction to the events as they've unfolded over the last 24 hours. Uh, it's shocking. Uh, after yesterday, no one no one can feel safe anymore, neither in Belarus nor in the European Union. Yesterday, when I was talking to Raman, uh, he shared his concern about possible um, uh, people or spies who were following him. I didn't believe him. I thought, oh, perhaps he's very cautious. But later, a few hours later, we found out that that was the part of the whole operation in order to detain, to arrest, to capture him. Unfortunately, we don't know where is he right now. We are in touch with his parents. We are trying to, to organize lawyer for him. But uh, I, I, I'm afraid to think about what, what they do to him. Because usually, uh, not detention is the worst, but what's happening after detention, the interrogation. They're trying to get so much information from him. They're trying to put pressure on him. They're trying to force him to, to admit in all crimes he never committed. And I, I, I will be making all possible in order to release him and all other political prisoners. Wow. So, Roman, you've been in contact with him and you continue to be. So I was in touch with him until, until everything happened, until this incident in the airspace did, uh, did take place. We knew that his girlfriend is also arrested. And I think here Lukashenko's regime showed its nature. They are not; they do not care about international norms, rules, standards. They are ready to violate all possible uh, laws in order to persecute their opponents. But also, it shows that Lukashenko hates journalists, reporters, bloggers because they tell the truth and they give people alternative information. Yeah, Fernand, we were going to ask you about that. I mean, why why Lukash why would Lukashenko go to such drastic lengths to uh, detain this journalist. I mean, he potentially is putting the lives of 171 of the passengers who were on board at risk, but um, why take such drastic steps? So let's get something clear. Uh, remember, we talked about Belarus a while back when, when they had their YouTuber, YouTuber, because we know truth isn't allowed on mainstream media. Let's stop for a second. We already know that YouTube does not allow truth. So then how is it that she was holding a YouTube clipboard, right, with their scam election stuff? And there were protests against him. And no one would answer the question as to who was paying for those protests. So we're seeing some really fake outrage, right? <laughs> because it's like, What's going on here? What is going on here? All these priests and journalists always arrested. I'm just saying. So um, it's quite fascinating, if you ask me, how truth, which is a coined fake news, 
is allowed to um, be on YouTube like uh, this gentleman who's a journalist <laughs> says, well, here's the thing. They don't like the truth. Well, what is the truth? When you have someone running for office and they have a YouTube clipboard, right, it tells you a lot. And so there's a fake outrage going on, but, um, more importantly, we're still trying to find out how is it that they paid for these protests, <laughs> kind of like the multi-billion dollar payout they're going to give to the Native Americans, so coincidental, after they announced that they're going to start, um, riots, but I digress. Listen carefully to what they are telling you and then apply it to what you really know. That's what you think. Exactly, exactly. Uh, he captured plane with 170 hostages in order to arrest 26 years old guy, the blogger from the internet. It's insane why he does this. Perhaps he wants to show the power. He wants to show that he is in control. Perhaps he wants to show his attitude to the international rules, to the Western community. Like, look, I don't care what you think. You will, you can't do anything to me. I can do what, whatever I want. If I want to stop your plane, commercial jet, I have my fighter jets and I will do whatever I want. So I think, uh, this is also the result of impunity and lack of international action because during last week we had the biggest internet portal was closed to the BY. Uh, the political activist Vitoly Tashurak was murdered in the prison. And finally, Rowan Protasevich yesterday detained in the airspace. So this is the result of impunity. An international community is also responsible for, for, for what's happening in Belarus right now. So immediate action needed. So what do you want the international community to do for NAC? What do you want to see? First of all, international investigation. What really happened in the airspace in Belarus? Second, to punish all perpetrators. Lukashenko, his cronies, all those involved in special operation, including KGB agents who were accompanying uh, Raman on, on that um, uh, flight. We want sanctions on companies, businesses, uh, oligarchs who are financing the regime and financing the violence against peaceful protesters. We want international conference on crisis resolution because only reaction on this uh, uh, on this ex incident um, yesterday it's not enough. We must understand that this is the part of the wider, broader humanitarian political crisis. We need to get Belarus to new free and fair elections. And this high level conference with up with free and fair elections because they denounced Seidel. They denounced everything. I mean, it's so funny that all of this is happening and the EU was like, you're going to be punished now because you're not obeying. The girlfriend and the journalist were arrested. And here's the thing. While they were on the plane and it landed, you know, the journalist said that he's possibly going to face the death penalty. Um, and remember, Zvaltana Tikhanayuskia warned about him facing the death penalty before he was escorted there. So what's really weird is um, he had gone to Athens to cover YouTube clipboard ladies' um, visit to the Delphi Economic Forum, which is an international forum in Greece. So, um, you know, she's been exiled 
(laughs) And now he's been detained. So the question that you have to ask yourself is, what's really going on? Are you listening to what he's telling you? With Johnson, with uh, Merkel, with Macron, with the Kurds, they all together must gather at one place and to discuss how to solve Belarus crisis. Because at this moment, it's not domestic crisis of one European country. This is the crisis which harm the whole European security. And Pranak, how, how do we, how does that happen? I mean, what is it that the opposition and, and your, um, colleagues, I know you work with Svetlana, uh, you're the senior advisor with her. Um, what is it that you guys want to see done now? I mean, how, how do we prevent something like this from happening again? We already discussed today we have to uh, strengthen our security. Uh, we realize that we are followed everywhere, not only in Belarus and even being in the Lithuanian European Union, we can't feel safe. I think uh, all of us should take specific uh, additional measures in order to save our uh, equipment, computers, smartphones. Uh, we have to be very careful when, when traveling and to avoid traveling over Belarusian airspace. And in general, we must revise um, uh, our, our approach, our, our rules, our standards, not only security protocols, but in general our activities. Because from today, from yesterday, Lukashenko is not just another dictator. He's the terrorist who is uh, capturing um, commercial airplanes. And we should uh, position Lukashenko on the international arena in such way. He usurped the power. He captured the plane. He put lives of hundreds of people in danger. Are you concerned that stepped up sanctions from the EU and potentially action from the international community could drive Belarus closer to Russia? And, And why is that a concern? I, I don't think so. We made analysis, we checked, there is no uh, real arguments to speak that sanctions will force Belarus to Russia. Belarus is already in Russian hands, very dependent on Russian economy. 50% of trade is uh, with Russia. So additional sanctions on the specific branches, such as oil uh, products or potash, will not uh, uh, put Belarus closer to Russia. It's already very, very close. But These sanctions, specific targeted sectorial sanctions, will eliminate, will cut sources of funding for Lukashenko and his cronies. It's very important to send the right signal to Belarusian society that the violence will not stay unpunished. We really appreciate your time on this story. Fernak, Biakorka, thank you so much for joining us and for bringing us. Oh, dear. You have to wonder why they would do it. Well, now let's listen to what the European leaders had to say, because this is a very, very, very interesting thing. Can you guys see me? Look, bad lighting and everything, but I'm here. Can you guys see me? You can see me now. Okay, so let's do this. European leaders have agreed to sanction Belarus in response to its forced diversion of a Ryanair flight and the arrest of a dissident journalist. Now, reacting to what they called a hijacking, member states decided to take the following measures. Belarusian airlines will be banned from using EU airspace and airports. Economic sanctions and travel restrictions will be imposed on a number of individuals linked to the plane's diversion. And a 3 billion euro EU investment package for Belarus will remain on hold. Now, according to the EU Commission President Ursula von der Leyen, that will continue to be the case until the country, quote, turns democratic. Now, the European Council is demanding the immediate release of the detained journalist Raman Pratasevich, his supporters 
fear for his safety. The 27 leaders of the European Union do not always find common ground, but their outrage was mutual over Belarus after the country intercepted a passenger jet flying between EU states and detained an exiled blogger and activist on board. The judgment was unanimous. This is an attack on democracy. This is an attack on freedom of expression. And this is an attack on European sovereignty. Ursula von der Leyen did not mince words as she announced the EU's response to the actions of Belarus leader Alexander Lukashenko. The European Council decided that there will be additional sanctions on individuals that are involved in the hijacking, but this time also on businesses and economic entities that are financing this regime. The EU is also closing its airspace to Belarusian airlines and will deny them access to EU airports. Some European airlines like Lufthansa, SAS or KLM announced they would avoid Belarusian airspace. This was triggered on Sunday when exiled activist Raman Pratasiewicz was arresting from Greece to Lithuania. The commercial flight he was on was grounded by a Belarusian warplane because of an alleged bomb threat. No explosives were found on the aircraft and EU leaders are demanding answers. Raman Pratasiewicz must be released immediately. All the explanations for the forced landing of the Ryanair flight are implausible. The same applies to his partner Sofia Sapega. We are demanding their release. A video appeared on a Belarusian pro-government telegram channel with the imprisoned Pratasiewicz. Dark marks are visible on his forehead. The opposition says Pratasiewicz was under pressure when he gave the statement that he was treated according to the law. In the past, Belarusian government had already forced opposition leader Svetlana Tichanovskaya to appear in a similar video while she was in custody. We don't know what happened in Tiraman. He could be interrogated by KGB. He may be tortured now as an enemy of Lukashenko. We are dealing with the harshest regime in Europe in decades. We will discuss migration. Von der Leyen also announced that the EU put on hold a 3 billion euro economic package for Belarus until the country, quote, turns democratic. Which will start at 10 o'clock. Earlier I spoke to our Brussels uh, bureau chief, Alexandra von Namen. I asked her if the sanctions... So guys, what does it mean to be democratic? Until the country turns democratic, what are they telling us? They're telling us that a certain government is supposed, a, a certain type of government is supposed to be implemented or else you're canceled. Is this the new level of cancel culture? I kind of think so. That's the new level of cancel culture. Can you see it? So the question is, how and why was this done? That's what you need to ask yourself on Belarus are as severe as they could have been. No, there were more options on the table. Um, yesterday night, for example, friends uh, brought forward a proposal to suspend all traffic, including ground transit from Belarus to the European Union. So that was also on the table. However, I think it's fair to say that some member states considered such a measure too extreme. And we have to keep in mind what is the nature of the European Union's foreign policy making to have a strong and also a united response. You have to have all 27 members on board and they often agree on measures that all members can agree on. And I think in this case, it was very important for the EU leaders to present a united front.
on Belarus. Right, that was our Brussels Bureau Chief. I'm now joined by journalist Hannah Lubakova. She is in Minsk. Uh, good morning to you, Hannah. So how is the news of the EU sanctions being received in Belarus? Well, Belarusians uh, definitely want the impunity to stop and they expected a strong and a consequent response, very tangible practical steps from the EU, from Western countries, from the democratic world. Um, so I would say that they uh, did expect sanctions, the sanctions list, be expanded, be broadened by uh, by, by the EU, by the US and other countries. Uh, when it comes to individual and targeted smart economic sanctions, uh, Belarusians definitely want uh, those sanctions be well thought uh, be painful for the regime, not for the people. And it's really important to target oligarchs, it's really important to target Lukashenko's finances um, and kind of the finances of his cronies abroad. So so that's kind of the um, common, I would say, well, opinion here. Uh, when it comes to banning flights over Belarus and bidding Belarusians to, to, to come to Europe, closing the borders, I, I, I would say that here uh, we should be cautious because many people flee the country and they uh, they are looking for a refuge in the mm. EU because, the, you know, in fear of prosecution in Belarus. Um, and another important issue is that uh, they want the agenda of the new free and fair presidential uh, on, on kind of the EU agenda mm. and uh, so that the talks about the new elections are resumed. Hannah, Bill released a, a video of Raman Pratisevich, uh, as mentioned in our report. It was likely filmed uh, under duress, and I'd like to tell of you that that is the reason why we're not going to be showing you that video. But Hannah, tell us about that video. Well, I've known Roman for years and it was um, horrible to see him in such a condition. He looks horrified. He looks very distressed. His uh, voice trembles. Uh, he has marks over his face, over his forehead, which might mean that uh, he might have been bitten. Um, then all of a sudden he says that uh, he doesn't have any health problems. Uh, he's and then he confesses that he took part in uh, plotting riots in Belarus, which is punishable up to 15 years in prison. So it all kind of raises questions about whether, you know, what, what's happening to him, whether he's been tortured, whether he has been threatened. Um, let's remember that he is on the KGB terrorist list, so it might also kind of scare him what might happen to him. And also his, his girlfriend, his travel companion, has been detained, so she's also not safe at the moment. And it might also cause a lot of distress on him. All right, that's the journalist Hannah Lubakova uh, talking to us from Minsk. Thank you, Hannah. All right, who's tired of this crap? Seriously, though, guys. Like, they're trying to convince us that this is all Russian-backed. Um, he was on a KGB hit list. They really want to get Russia into this. They are pushing and pushing and pushing. Um, so I apologize for any audio interference. I have no idea where it's coming from. I'm in another location. Uh, it's kind of empty, so there's an echo. And I am also waiting for a guest. So, um, so I'm going to try to speak closer so there's not a echo. Um, now, what you need to hear is what our news are saying about this. This is actually quite fascinating. So, here we go. Take a listen to this, if it wants to. There we go. Here we go. 
It's quite fascinating to hear what our news are telling us about this. It's very, very fascinating. In fact, we're getting new information this hour as European Union leaders are currently meeting to discuss what actions to take following what can only be described at this point as a hijacking of a flight that departed from Greece to Lithuania. Now, Western leaders are saying that a false bomb threat was used to divert that flight to Minsk, the, the capital of the place where they were diverting to, with assistance from a fighter jet, all in order to detain a Belarusian dissident named Roman Protasevich. Now, he made a name for himself really back in 2019 during the election when he came out in his opposition to the current administration, as well as organizing some protests, things of that nature, and he's been living in exile ever since the year 2019. But Belarus state media even reporting themselves that the president, Alexander Lukashenko ordered this latest operation himself, one that also involved some civilians that were on that flight, and they talked about this incident right after the landing. Let's take a look. During all the flights, the uh, flight was normal. It lasted three hours normally, and five minutes before uh, landing, uh, we received the announcement from the captain saying, oh, uh, we received a call from a bureau in our airport saying that uh, we have to, to land uh, with emergency in the closest airport. The closest airport was the one of Minsk. So you hear right there the last-minute attempt to try to get his laptop and phone, at least to his girlfriend, who he was also traveling with, a Russian resident, by the way. But she ended up being arrested as well. In addition to those two, there were also four Belarusian agents who did not make that continued flight from Minsk to Lithuania. They got off the flight as well, and reports are saying that perhaps those are the individuals that were making that false bomb threat in order to carry out this operation. Now, U.S. Secretary of State... Antony Blinken coming out today condemning this latest move, EU condemning this latest move, but Russia, on the other hand, saying that they do want to see the investigation play out, see what happens. And this comes as reports are saying that President Biden could be meeting with Russian President Vladimir Putin just next month. So you're sure that that's going to be on the table as well. And when it comes to actions by the European Union, they're saying that they're going to call in the Belarusian ambassador, summon him in order to speak in front of their committee. They're going to stop flights from Belarus into other EU countries, things of that nature as they continue to determine what other actions they do want to take. So, Alex, there was also a tragic incident involving this cable car in, in the northern part of Italy. Uh, what are officials saying today about that and what happened? Yeah, so for those who don't know, on Sunday, an Italian uh, cable car fell 70 feet, killing all 14 people on board. Now, that device is popular with tourists. In fact, it's used to carry people from the town of Stresa to the mountain area of Materone. It's one of those things that uh, is an elevated car going upwards, and as I said, it fell 70 feet. And a lawyer for the company says that maintenance was up to date. It says that cables weren't supposed to be replaced until the year 2029, that they went through the routine inspections, things of that nature. They don't think that there was any uh, people of acting up on the ride or anything like that. So there are some questions looming as to exactly what went on. But nonetheless, prosecutors say that they are going to open up a review of involuntary homicide as well as negligence to try to get some answers behind exactly what happened in this tragic situation. Thank you, Alex. That's everybody's fear, right? Absolutely. On a gondola, on something like that, tram. I know. Wow. Definitely scary stuff. Yeah, it is. No offense. I really don't like her. Okay, so moving along, <laughs> moving along, cable cars and planes. Now, let me just say something on the, ca- on, on the plane. If you heard correctly, they kept saying the only way that they're going to allow Belarusian airplanes to fly over their airspace or accept their flights or whatever is if they become a democracy. In what universe... Can any nation or conglomerate of nations get together and tell another nation, 
oh, we don't, why don't they just say that to China? Why don't they tell China you're all commies, right? What you're doing to the Uyghurs is horrible. What you're doing to your own people is horrible. Organ harvesting, invasions, infiltrations, buying out everything. Unless you change your, I don't know, government and make it the way we like it, you're not allowed to fly planes over our property and our airspace and land your planes. Like, when has this ever happened before? See, everyone's kind of like, oh, you know, he got arrested. The response, this is why I said yesterday, the important juice of it is the response. See, they can't do another Ukraine in the Belarus area where they can start riots because they failed already. They tried to do the same thing I concocted for the Ukraine. They wanted to implement that shit in Belarus and failed miserably. So instead they thought, all right, we're going to put them in a box and we're going to make them the enemy and we're going to starve them out and the economy is going to hurt and either they're going to pick to become democratic and join the EU and all of us or that's it. So the question you should ask yourself is, all right, they got that plane, they got their terrorist, their person of interest, maybe not in the best way, still got him, right, still got him. Because now they have access to everything because they got them, right? And they're saying, all right, well, we're not going to let anyone from your country fly over our, our land or any of your planes will be ever allowed to land in our country until you change your government. Well, why not do that to China? I mean, you're so concerned about the Uyghurs and the illegal organ harvesting and the atrocious crimes and, you know control a virus, why don't you make the Chinese change their government so that way they can fly their planes over your land and park it? That's a question you should ask yourself, right? That's the thing that no one's talking about, and it's so stupid. When in any universe has any country said, yeah, so you're not allowed to, like your citizens are not allowed. You're like canceled. You're totally canceled. Your planes can't fly in our airspace. You're not allowed to land. We're not doing business with you until you become a democratic country of the way we feel is okay. Like, when has that ever happened? When has that ever happened? When? Never. So this is cancel culture to the power of infinity, okay? This is cancel culture on a global stage. And no one is calling it what it is. They're just like, oh, you know, um, they did this and it was so wrong. And they took that journalist. Yeah, okay. Maybe saying that there was a, a bomb on the plane and making it land was the wrong tactic. But damn, we've done that before. <laughs> oh, man. Do I need to start dropping things? Maybe they're unclassified now. But maybe we could find a few of those. Didn't they make a plane that was headed to, where was it? Australia or Taiwan with Chrissy Teigen in them back a while back, right? Didn't they have a plane that was, whoa, way past, you know, in the, in the Pacific, and they made that shit turn around and had Chrissy Teigen disembark? But, you know, nobody does that. It's only Russia, 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 Russia. Let's... I'm just talking about one recent example that a lot of people talked about that you could remember. So the question that every journalist should be asking their audience and probing is, why would the AU cancel Belarus? 
They just canceled them because they didn't like it. But I can bring out a shit ton of airplanes that, you know, have been turned around, that have been force landed. Or I mean, we could go into the exploded, missing airplanes. You know, apparently we're going to Mars, but we can't find MH flight MH371 or 317. You know, anyone buying you a Malaysia airline ticket is a death wish. You know, all their planes just keep going missing, right? But we're not going to talk about that. We're going to talk about Belarus, which is not part of the EU, and they got a crap ton of resources we want, and they're not complying. We failed our coup. We failed the protest. So what's next? Let's just cancel them. That's what's up. So this is hypocrisy at its finest. And the fact that the news are spinning it is it, it just, oh, that's just horrible. Well, we've done it too. I mean, we have done it. Where did we arrest Epstein? That's right, on his plane. But it was his private jet and he was in our airspace because no other country would give us Epstein. But I digress. We've done this so many times. And so, again, every single news outlet is obviously not the news because they're asking no questions. Kind of like you saw how, you know, the article I put out on Tucker, nobody wanted, yeah, MH370, there we go. Um, so, uh, well, there's a big story on that one. That's why my Instagram was filled with memes, Ali Ali Oxen Free. But anyway, I digress. Um, I get distracted when I read your texts. So, uh, Yesterday, I put out a piece about Tucker Carlson. And then I thought to myself, he's the first one that broke the whole laptop debacle thing with Tony Bobolinsky, which you all know he didn't go on air because he wanted to help us. He wanted to cover his ass with the FBI. So he made it clear as to what he saw and what he didn't because that's the best way. When the whole public knows your story, they can't fabricate it, period. So he did a good job doing it because finally that came to light. Now, what's weird is everybody is saying, well, he already explained how he and the Bidens were like neighbors and they were talking. Yeah, that doesn't explain the emails that are on that laptop, okay? So the question posed is, is that also controlled opposition or is he just ashamed? Because, you know, I hung out with the worst of the worst. There's people you've never even heard of. Blackest budget out there, that's what I was a part of. And, you know, a lot of people are like, no, that's not right. And it's like, okay, well, I've been on point for four years. It's almost like I know the future. Maybe there's some merit to that. So I kindly ask, because he, what he's important. He speaks in the cadence that we want to hear. He it creates the commentary that's necessary But for me, the red flag was the whole pushing Hunter Biden secretary of some floozy. That was a huge red flag. Huge. And then the missing package. Missing. Maybe it was like, you better not say shit because we're going to drop all these emails, pictures, and whatnot. So the, the concern here that you should have as an average citizen trying to get the news, is why are your news sources not giving you the news, right?
And there are a lot of hungry journalists out there. They have bootleg copies of the Hunter Biden laptop. They pretend they know what they're doing. They have no freaking idea what they're looking at. And they're putting half-assed stories out. Now, I'll tell you what. As a journalist, just saying, I could put all of it out. And I would make a ton of money. But I don't want to. Because it's not about the money. It's about getting the truth out. And the truth isn't going to be out just with me putting it on ToriSays.com. Because there's always going to be pieces of crap that are going to be posting whatever. And people are just way too stupid to look beyond the rubbish. I mean, it's like they haven't learned anything from President Trump's run and the mud that had been thrown on him and what they did to him. I mean, we are the news, but it's just not time yet. Okay? We have to do it in a more official way. So um, I wanted to point it out that none of your people are talking about what's happening. None of your people are discussing it. And what I found great was that I saw Rudy Giuliani on Newsmax giving an interview of, you know, how he feels being targeted by prosecutors. It's really important that people listen to this because this guy, a lot of people be like, he's a boomer. He doesn't know what he's talking about. He's this. He's a freaking genius. He invented the whole process that is going to help us fix this. His name will not only go down in history for being the mayor of New York during the time of one of the biggest operations on the planet, and boy, is that going to come. But he'll go down in history for fixing such abilities for operations. Take a listen to this interview. Changed his principles so often, he no longer has any principles. He's a Trojan horse with Bernie, AOC, Pelosi, Black Lives Matter, and his party's entire left wing just waiting to execute their pro-criminal, anti-police, socialist policies. He wasn't exaggerating, and now, almost a year later, we're joined by America's Mayor Rudy Giuliani. Welcome back, sir. <laughs> you nailed it. You nailed it at the convention. I thought you wait, were exaggerating, maybe a little wait, bit. You weren't. Wait. No, no, I wasn't. Before we watch this, we're going to watch an awakening happen, just before we watch that. So I'm going to put this on. I want you guys to see this, okay, because it's quite interesting. Where is it? There we go. Before we get into Rudy Giuliani, I think it's important that we visit this. Now this, okay, this guy was always one of my favorite British comedians, right? But like everyone said, blowback is coming. Here we go. Biden's relationship with foreign energy companies out of the media. The answer is yes, they did. <laughs> Here's Glenn Greenwald on my podcast, Under the Skin, talking about how they did that. Interesting. The idea of a huge archive of documents that sheds light on what powerful people are doing, and it wasn't just what Hunter Biden was doing, because ultimately, if it were just that, who would care, right? He's just the son of a politician. What I had interest in is, is, was the material to, to allow us to investigate those questions. And one of the reasons it interests me is because that's been a lot of the journalism I've done. Obviously, I've done a lot of work with and about WikiLeaks, which works with huge archives like that as well. 
So it's just journalistically, when you see something like that, you, you get drawn to it, right? You want to, it's like a treasure trove. It's what your job is to, to look at those documents and piece together and investigate to see what it is that they reveal about powerful people. I mean, if you don't want to do that as a journalist, like go do anything else. Glenn Greenwald, for those of you who don't know, is one of the journalists who brought the Edward Snowden revelations to the public when he was working at The Guardian. He's continued to work with whistleblowers and be a challenging journalist, doing some incredible stories in Brazil, where he lives now with his husband. He's a pretty forthright, brilliant thinker and award-winning journalist. And I'm fascinated by his views, particularly how he seems to be migrating across formerly quite intransigent political territories. There were a lot of documents that raised serious questions about whether Joe Biden, the person at the time running for president and likely to become the most powerful politician on earth, was intervening in Ukraine for the benefit of the company that was paying his son $50,000 a month for absolutely no reason other than to have influence with Joe Biden, which was Burisma, the energy company on which, for which in an industry in which under Biden had zero experience or competent. Look, I'm not a pro-Republican person. I don't see myself that way. I don't see myself as conservative or that I'm in a Trump or Giuliani or the kind of media establishments that were reporting on these revelations. They are not my cultural, social or political allies. That's certainly not how I see myself. However, it seems to me that there's what reason is Hunter Biden sat on the board of an energy company in the Ukraine? What reason is James Biden sat on the board or receiving payments from an energy company in China? And at a time where we're talking about sleaze, corruption, financial misdemeanors and relationships between corporations, big business and politicians, which let's face it, unless you're bloody stupid, you know that's going on all the time. So either change that or let's stop pretending that politicians are aspiring to anything other than the advance of their own interests. And if as a byproduct, a few people get helped along the way, well, then that's great. But for me, revelations that there are financial connections between energy companies in the Ukraine, energy companies in China and the Biden family are troubling. That should be public knowledge. And it's even more troubling that Twitter and Facebook and the media at large deliberately kept it out of the news because they didn't want it to influence the election. What is democracy then? It suggests to me that democracy is we want you to vote for this person. We don't want you to vote for that person. As I've said, Donald Trump, you know, that's, I don't think Donald Trump's the answer. But I'm sad to realise that I can no longer even claim to believe that Joe Biden or the Democratic Party might be the answer. Because look at how they behave. And look at the relationships between media, social media and that party. They conspired to keep information away from you because it was not convenient to their agenda. What does that make you feel? As well as whether they were pursuing deals in China in which the negotiations were proposing that 10% or 15% of the profit stream from these deals they were pursuing as Joe Biden was getting ready to run for president would actually go to Joe Biden himself. There were a lot of documents that raised very real questions. Glenn Greenwald, whether you agree with him politically or you don't, is a legit bona fide expert in this field. His whole career is founded upon receiving documentation that contain challenging revelations from whistleblowers. He would not stake his reputation on something that is not legit or real. And as he explained elsewhere in this video, when allegations of this nature are false, you know it because the people come out and go, that's not my bloody laptop. The fact is that 
this information was stymied, stifled, controlled because it didn't suit the shared agenda of these three pillars of power. That almost concerns me more than the nature of the revelations themselves. I don't have particularly high expectations of politicians. Let me blow your mind. But the idea that information is being controlled, that's that's not democracy. That's not freedom. That's manipulation of elections. If it were the other side doing that, they would be... The, the, the companies that are here implicated would be ecstatically propagating and proliferating that data. What I was finding were two, was two things about this. One is there was no interest in finding out what those documents were because it was the moral duty of everybody, including journalists, to refrain from anything that might hurt Biden because that would elect Trump, including doing reporting on this archive. So the idea became... Nobody can do any reporting on this archive. They started maligning the archive. It's troubling that these decisions are made on your behalf without your inclusion. I suppose this is how politics and power functions. But when you get an example like this one or this specific example and how it implicates the goodies, let's say, in the cultural conflict and shows that when it comes to it, the behaviour from people across the political spectrum is the same, just the pursuit of their interests, the control of information. I'm more or less apolitical or pan-political or trans-political. I've been too disappointed by people in the political arena to sort of think, oh, this person might help. What I feel like is that there are principles, and shouldn't it be that anyway, principles and values that transcend wherever they come from, some transcendent principles, uh, honesty, uh, compassion, kindness, these kind of things, uh, redemption, forgiveness, spiritual principles, I suppose. And I'm wondering when figures might appear in the cultural and political conversation that are about true empowerment of ordinary people, honesty, transparency, and admitting that there's fallibility and flaws in all of us, and we need systems that allow for individual fallibility, but have always as the priority, not the pursuit of power and the control of resources, but the empowerment and freedom of individuals. Actually, the stuff that's written down constitutionally, the things that are explicitly said to be the goals and aims of a society, those, that's all, just the things that people say are the goals and aims, but then behave entire, you know, in an entirely distinct, discreet way, in a secret and clandestine manner. That, for me, the revelation that that laptop wasn't just about stuff about Hunter Biden's personal life, drug addiction, etc., and stuff with consent in adults, but also was about financial relationships with companies abroad. Oh, man, that's like, like you can't come out there and sort of be all sort of avuncular and friendly and this is a real change and a new start for America and I feel like people that believe in that that's kind of like recalcitrance it's a willful a willful sort of commitment a kind of a religious commitment to dogma to the dogma of no these guys are good well by what standards Okay, so he's right on that. Like the dogma of, no, 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 Trump's all bad. Anyone conservative is bad. Uh, Nothing could be wrong. Biden is great. Uh, It's just a conspiracy theory that we've made a shit ton of money from China, from Africa, from, you know, Europe, that we've negotiated deals, that we've sold off 
leases of our own oil and gas within our nation where we sell it overseas and then sell it right back to the people of the United States. No, 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 no. That's a conspiracy theory. And this is why we're seeing a choking economy right now. Uh, Nobody wants to work, like I've said before, because they're getting too much money on this unemployment. Uh, There are businesses that are struggling to find employees. There was an advertisement on one of these Cleveland Facebook pages where the guy was like, hey, I'll pay you guys $11 an hour to work at my ice cream shop. And people were like, damn, I make more at home. I don't need a job. So this is a constant ongoing thing that we're seeing happening. They're choking the economy. They're starting wars. They're starting rumors of wars, right? And, you know, they're jumping in on the bandwagon to cancel Belarus unless they change their government. But, you know, they're not telling China, hey, you're not allowed to fly your planes or engage in any business unless you stop being a communist and become a democracy. But they're telling Belarus to do that. What gives them the right to? So all of these things, they're just spinning them as something good. Oh, and the Biden-Harris administration hands out money to all these affinity groups. And when we see all of these riots happening, you don't have to look any further to find out how they're getting funded. All of the indicia of authenticity were there that you look for as a journalist that I rely and I've staked my entire reputation on by publishing archives based on that indicia of authenticity. When I got the Snowden archive, I had to make sure it was authentic. I authenticated the one in Brazil using those same methods. So media outlets were saying, not only were they saying we won't report on it, but much worse, even the ones that like the intercept that I fucking co-founded to be adversarial to the CIA and the intelligence community adopted the view of the state officials that this came from Russia and it was disinformation, even though there was, I mean, the whole point was you be, you're supposed to be skeptical of claims from the CIA because they're trained liars. The CIA say this ain't legit. Oh yeah. The CIA, those lovely guys at the CIA, former members include good old Mary Poppins. She, was CIA, wasn't she? And Jesus and Gandhi, all those CIA operatives. Like this has been one of the things that's been baffling for me to suddenly see like all these sort of agencies that I was brought up to think, you know, don't ever trust those people. And suddenly now the goodies. You can't trust the CIA. And they do nothing but disseminate disinformation. So when they say something, even if they say it's sunny outside, you go out and check. And even if you see the sun, you like still have doubts that maybe it's a fake son. It's kind of like the Jack Posobiec thing. Yesterday, he supposedly broke a story that all the stupid followers and those fake new media people that supposedly know what they're talking about suddenly told you, oh my gosh, the Biden administration, nine embassies across the world, they're going to hang BLM banners. And it's like, um, really? Well, listen to this. Because that kind of already happened. And I I remember reading about it in some write-up. It it was pretty interesting. Because they use the media in writings to do just that. So uh, immigrant intermittent camps was another thing that happened in 1919 that we are going to be seeing now, too. Um, And this this happened um, because of immigrants that were coming to uh, 
other nations. So, like, uh, Ukrainians, Russians, remember they told you the, the Bolshevik Revolution and all that BS. But what they were doing is they would take the immigrants and put them in cages and in intermittent camps, um, uh, you know, to make sure that they're okay that they're not um, sick, that they're not criminals. They would, you know, kind of investigate their background. But this was even weirder. The intermittent camps that were actually being done were done on Americans, not immigrants. So while history tells us that these camps were to segregate the Russians and the Ukrainians, right? It's a lie, just like it's a lie as to why it's called the Red Summer. It was actually gulags for people that were, you know, revolting against whatever was happening. Because again, the revolt happened with the black community getting, you know, all riled up with Eugene being stoned and drowned, um, you know, for swimming in the wrong place. And so that happened and there was an uprise and then, oh yeah, it was, it was a white people that condemned that issue. People that had filed like their names or were sending money or were lawyers. They literally rounded them up across the U S the See, this is the parts of history that people want to forget. And the reason they want you to forget history, this is why they're taking down monuments. This is why they're rewriting our textbooks, because then they could use the same, you know, template they had and failed the first time tweaking it. That's basically it. This is all a script that has been done again and again and again. It is it is not creative. They're not that smart. They're just very powerful because we've allowed them to be powerful. Okay? This is why we're seeing them do things like give a flag, a memorial flag to a career criminal. You know, when I die, I, 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 I can get, like, you know, the bagpipes and the military funeral because I'm a veteran, right? Um, all, all veterans can, you know, your family can ask for it and then they'll send the local, you know, color guard people that do it. Um, but what's bizarre is that this was done out in the open and nobody talked, nobody stood there and said, what are you doing? Do you know how many people died that day from the hands of police officers? It wasn't just George Floyd, but see, George Floyd was black, so he was the right color. He was also in Minneapolis, great, you know, that's Sharia, you know, ground zero, and he wasn't a hero, he was a criminal. We have people that believe that this guy deserved that type of, he did not deserve any of that. First of all, he didn't deserve to die like that either if he died, right, okay, I have to say that, Um, but Irregardless, so many wrongful deaths happen. Nobody gets parades and $10 million and, 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 and. Nobody does. So how is it, right? How is it that this is okay? This should not be okay. Where are the veterans at? Why aren't you out there in outrage saying, what? My buddy didn't get that. You took down a flag from Capitol Hill and gave it to a thug. To a thug that, yes, wrongfully was killed at the hands of police, but doesn't deserve a flag. Did, did uh, Tony Timpa's mom get one? Did anybody else get one? 
This is where people need to be speaking their outrage. This is where you need to get loud. This is where you need to be outraged. No one was outraged at the fact that the, the, the ambassador that we have in South Korea literally put out the pride flag and the Black Lives Matter. Look, I'm totally cool with gays, man. Totally. Totally. Hmm. But our embassies are supposed to be representations of our foreign policy. Our foreign policy doesn't care what color you are. Our foreign policy does not care who you sleep with. Our foreign policy is just that, foreign policy. So tell me why Admiral Harris did that. Tell me what else he did. See, because this Admiral Harris was the one that was tweeting out and sending out a bunch of, what was it, stuff. Uh, COVID-19 tainted, mind you, test kits from South Korea. So I just wanted to kind of reinforce how Jack Posobiec is controlled opposition. Why is he reporting something that's not news? That was from June 15, 2020 where I pointed out one of the many embassies that not only hung out a pride flag, but they put out a Black Lives Matter flag in um, remembrance of George Floyd. And this was just a few days after he died. But see, nobody reported it then because it wasn't necessary to be reported. There was no reason to anger the right anymore because the right was still in control at that time. So Admiral Harris and his stupid thinned out porn stash down in South Korea also fucked up the United Korea thing. Him and Moon need to be spanked. But regardless, that's off topic. That's a story for another time. Regardless, this isn't news. So anyone telling you that they got some leaked secret information from the Biden administration telling you, oh, my God, these embassies are going to put a BLM flag out. They're losers. All of them. Turn them off. Turn them off because they're not anyone important. They're giving you what they're told to give you. There is no leak. This had happened while President Trump was president. So let's just quit the BS. So anyone reporting on that? is an asset. And for all those clowns out there, you can take the sloppy seconds and move ahead with it, or you could be canceled by the people that are keeping you afloat. It's sunny outside. You fucking liars! It's raining! Sorry, sorry, force of habit. But in this case, they just imbibed it mindlessly. And so they, not only did they not report it, but they prevented me from, you know, I, I, I was wanting to analyze what these documents showed. I got prevented by my own media with the thing that I founded at the height of the Snowden story from doing it. But the worst thing and the most dangerous thing, Russell, was that, and this is the thing that I think is the most important thing from all of this, is that Twitter and Facebook, which are information monopolies, they're not just private companies like any other. Facebook, you know, currently has 2 billion of the world's 8 billion people using it to communicate. It's a 25% of the planet is on Facebook. Much of the ones who aren't are because they don't have internet access. And Twitter is the place where anyone who works in politics and media spends all their day. So incredibly powerful companies. Twitter banned any mention of this story. If you wanted to link to the reporting from the New York Post and then ultimately Fox News and other right-wing outlets that were doing the reporting, the link wouldn't work. You would put the link and they would say, this link is banned. Not just for publicly tweeting, but even if you wanted to have a private conversation using the chat function on Twitter, you couldn't link to the, it was just censored. It was banned, like you were in China. 
One of the things I talked to Glenn Greenwald about was my own personal discomfort as a person that's always seen myself, as I say, now pan, trans, beyond political. It was like, hold on a minute, I don't want to find myself like lying with the New York Post owned by Murdoch or Fox News still owned by Murdoch. This is, doesn't make sense to me. But ultimately, you've got to have recourse to honesty, transparency, freedom. And the idea that, as Green World characterises it, information monopolies such as those described will prohibit, control, censor information shows you that our kind of depiction as places like communist Russia or the Soviet Union as these draconian, malevolent places where you're not free, it may and, you know, was true, but is also true here, the same thing is happening, but you get to have a milkshake at the end of the day. Yeah, sure, we do repress you. Yeah, we control the information. But look at this lovely old president and enjoy your milkshake, you idiot. And then Facebook announced that they were algorithmically suppressing the spread of the story. So you could post it, but nobody would see it. They had like tinkered with the algorithm. This is like three weeks before the election. Silicon Valley monopolies that were supporting one of the candidates were censoring reporting, authentic reporting about the candidate that they were supporting based on lies from the CIA. Obviously, a significant point that the Democrat Party received donations from Silicon Valley. Obviously, them censoring information that would negatively impact the election had a sort of personal impact on them and their incentives. So it's not just like an ideological control. It's very practical. We're invested in the Democrat Party being the party of government. We don't want that going awry. That, for me, was a huge mask-off moment. So when you ask me about the Hunter Biden story, yes, I think the documents are important. Yes, I think that journalists should have investigated. Yes, I think it was a huge professional disgrace that they didn't. I obviously quit The Intercept and protest over their efforts to censor me at my own outlet. But the much more pernicious and enduring event as part of that was the use of Silicon Valley power in unison to simply prevent how many millions of Americans from hearing about documents that they absolutely should have known about before going into the voting booth. What Greenwald's revelations suggest to me is that all of us have to become sort of somehow internet savvy, information savvy, that we have to curate our own information. We all have to become, in Seth Abrahamson's phrase, meta journalists. We have to look at a lot of information and draw our own conclusions. But we can't say, I only take my information from here, or I only take my information from here. We're going to have to look at diverse resources. These kind of tribal alliances might need to be overcome. But you might start to have to think, well, who am I really? What kind of society do I want? That you can't have some symbolic figure who represents your values. I feel what we need is a kind of uh, recourse to a set of values and principles that can be personally practiced. That means for me, as ever, decentralization, communities where we can have direct control over our own lives and own resources, individual freedom, collective freedom, and where possible regulation and control of organizations that have power over us, whether that's the state or big corporations. Now, I don't know where that places me anymore on a political scale, but what I want is 
my freedom, my family's freedom, your freedom, your family's freedom. I don't want my family to have advantages that your family don't have because of my the colour of my skin or where I'm from or what my background is. And I don't want the reverse either. I want us to have an equal, fair society or set of societies because it seems unrealistic that we can have one thing that we now call society because there are too many competing value systems involved it seems there are universal principles that i keep referring to sesame street values kindness consideration honesty these kind of things hopefully surely we can agree on but we're not going to have this bizarre abstract problem of trying to conceive of hundreds and thousands and millions of people all coming together under one flag or banner but it clearly doesn't work anymore whether it's the logos of the uk the united states of america or the logos of microsoft apple facebook we need i believe to have smaller communities that are all total of their own lives and outcomes this is where real power and sharing of power lies well if you liked that video me commenting on this then please uh, like and subscribe and comment we read the I do. I like him a lot. I like him a lot. Um, because he's been through trials and tribulations, but his message has in one way, um, been consistent to its core, even though he's uh, straight away, it's kind of like taking the road from your home to work. Sometimes you go straight ahead. Other times you take turns and with every wrong turn and U-turn you have to do, um, you know, you, you get back on course and then you divert again. I mean, that's what life is about. Again, would you like it to look like the highway across South Montana heading into North Dakota? Your eyes go cross just, you know, rolling planes and counting. What are those called? Tumbleweeds. Like the, what was it? The ice tumbleweeds, (laughs) dust bunnies of space. (laughs) So that's, um, I always loved him as a comedian and I love watching him grow and change. Now, speaking of Hunter Biden and being targeted, let's go back to Rudy Giuliani, which again, a lot of people find, as I've said, um, him to be, oh, you're, you're too old for this, you don't understand. People have made very snide comments. But having worked with him, I can tell you, He created, he actually tried the first RICO case. And his last thing that he will ever be remembered for will not be, again, I stated, is mayor of New York. But the mayor of America that helps usher things into the light. And this is why we need to be working hard on the the Harris portion, okay? On the Harris portion. Because it's very important that they've merged those two. So let's take a listen again to what he said and now how it goes. I'm going to start it over. Biden has changed his principles so often. This is from August 27, 2020, after they came forward with some information about Beijing Biden. He no longer has any principles. He's a Trojan horse with Bernie, AOC, Pelosi, Black Lives Matter and his party's entire left wing just waiting to execute their pro-criminal, anti-police, socialist policies. He wasn't exaggerating. And now, almost a year later, we're joined by America's mayor, Rudy Giuliani. Welcome back, sir. 
Greg. You nailed it. You nailed it at the convention. I thought you were exaggerating maybe a little bit. You weren't. No, no, I wasn't. In fact, in fact, it's worse tonight. It's faster and worse tonight, particularly the march towards socialism. I mean, if you go back and read uh, Marxist literature in the 19th century, it's almost as if they set up a group of guideposts and they're reaching them, you know, destroy education, get them to hate their heroes, get them to hate their history. And where does anti-Semitism fit in along oh, this path? Big because time. we are seeing it. You were very good. The Jewish community and Rudy, you, when you were mayor. Yes. Uh, very, very close. And they respected you and you respected no them. No question about it. One of the great, I mean, they're one of the great contributors of the city. So you see right now there is overt violence, Jews fighting because oh. they're Jews. They're targeted in the streets of New York and Los Angeles across this country. What are your thoughts? It, it, it breaks my heart to see it because I, I prosecuted two Nazis. Maybe one of the reasons why I'm so strong about Israel is I spent a, a weeks immersing myself in the files. The people killed, one killed 12,000 Jewish people, the other killed 20,000 Jewish people. And when you read these files, uh, it stays with you for the rest of your life. I mean, people, uh, people they torture them first, kill them, all different kinds of things to impress the SS. When I watch those films, or I watch the film of, of this stuff and the videos, I think we're in Germany. Back in the 30s. It does look like that. And let's show you I think some of I think we're in Germany. what we have been seeing over the past couple of days and weeks here in New York. Jews targeted because they are Jews. This is Look at of, that. <laughs> and you know what's also very disturbing? The lack of media interest in this story. You've noticed that, Mayor. Oh, this is right around the corner from us. Right around we, the corner. We can walk right there. You've realized, though, that not many people are talking about it. You watch the Sunday shows. You've been on the Sunday shows a million times. There was this is the biggest story in the country right now because it's taking place on both coasts. You've got three, four major attacks in Los Angeles. Yeah, Here's that explosion I was telling you attack about. Attack in Florida. But, Mr. Mayor, as you know, it's not the biggest story. It should be, but it's not. Why? This should not happen in America. Of course not. <laughs> when, I, when I would read those files, I would say to myself, this can't happen in America. I would say this couldn't happen to just people in America. They're too much a part of America. They built America too much. Too much respect for them. This is this is this is a very dangerous thing we're watching. That's a very big sign of how bad things are and how fast we're moving toward the wrong kind of government. I mean, a really fundamental change on our way of life. Well, it's astounding to me again that it's happening and the lack of media interest. You said it. It's the biggest story. Hey, it's not the biggest story. It but should it's frightening. be. The censorship is frightening. Yeah. I mean, you think about it. They're attacking Jewish people because they're Jewish. They're attacking Jewish people, not Israelis. Some of these people might not even agree with the policies in Israel. We yeah. know the Jewish community is very divided about it. These people are getting beat up because they're Jewish, not because of the Israelis. And they say terrible things about Jewish people, all the usual anti-Semitic stuff. They're the bankers. They have all the money. I mean, this is sick. But we shouldn't be surprised. Palestinians are trained in their schools to hate Jews. And by the way, to hate Americans. Now, we both understand that this would not be happening if Donald Trump were still in the White House. Oh, There's not. <laughs> I think even people on. on the other side would agree with that. I want to talk to, to you about uh, Hunter Biden. Uh, we know that Joe Biden checks in with Hunter every night, either on the phone or in texts him. Now, you've said that Hunter Biden is essentially a criminal. Not essentially, he is. <laughs> well, you want a nice, easy, clear one? Yeah. How about filling out the form for, what was the 38, saying he never took drugs, and I got pictures of him taking drugs five days before? Yeah. 
That's a 10-year federal felony, which we treat very seriously. In fact, liberals want you to treat that seriously, right? You want to keep guns away from drug addicts, mentally ill, and criminals, right? Well, they didn't do it with Hunter. Hunter violated the law, the form is there, and the FBI is going like this. Now, very few people in the world uh, have gone through the hard drive. You have. I have. I think yeah. you have it. Yeah, yeah. You it's even a, have one. It's a crime family. Now, tell us, I, and I can't believe this is, why they, this is why they go at me, because I'm going to tell you the truth. That it's the Biden crime family. 30 years of shaking people down and selling his office. They accumulated millions. That's disgusting. Worse than that, though, is everybody knows it and they get away with it. 3.5 million from Russia. Mm. You think that might have affected his decision on the pipeline? I don't know. You, you, if I have the hard drive, one, right? What do you think Russia has on him? Now, since the election, by the way, uh, remember they tried to tell us that that was Russian disinformation? That was all Russian disinformation. Projection, Greg. They were, I, I didn't realize it until I went through the hard drive. Everything they charged Trump with, they did. The, the, the corruption with Russia? Who got money from Russia? Not Trump. Hillary got all that money for, for letting them have uh, what's atomic fuel. You don't sell atomic fuel to Russia. So and this guy. We've heard 3.5 million from look, the mayor of Moscow's. You've made, you've made the case uh, the Justice Department <laughs> refuses to listen or they're going to do it their way, which seems to be in a way that will not harm Hunter. They're, he's under some sort of tax investigation, but it doesn't seem like oh, this is going anywhere. Why right? are we surprised? They fixed the Hillary case. I mean, that was a total fix, a corrupt deal. So how did the DOJ change? You were the number two man there at one point. It happened, it ha- I, I believe it happened somewhere in the Obama-Holder I mean, Holder was a, a very, very uh, po- political AG. There was a lot of, of uh, prejudicial cases and unfair cases against conservatives, oh. but nobody wanted to hear it. That was the now, shift. Now it's clear. I mean, they, the, only, the only lawyers whose offices get searched are Donald Trump's lawyers. And you are the fourth lawyer, I believe. Your office, your home yeah, I, has I'm been I'm trying searched. to find another lawyer who has been searched. <laughs> I never did it. In fact, one time I had a chance to search a lawyer's office who represented the mafia. And I might have gotten a commission meeting out of it. And I thought, no, no. Uh, the, the a commission time, meeting? What do you mean by that? Uh, the mafia commission. Oh, you A would've. lawyer was maybe hosting it. We're not, right. We weren't sure. The FBI wanted to get in. And I made the decision, no, 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 we can't do that because we can jeopardize the whole case that way. So you have been targeted. Uh, they raided your house. They're doing things to me that I would never do. Are you, Give us sense. Are you in trouble right now? Do you feel like you're in trouble? No, I'm not in trouble. I mean, the only thing I have to face is a bunch of prosecutors that don't seem to be bound by the law. Well, that sounds like it could be. <laughs> I would not. That would be that would be upsetting to me. Interesting. Forty five. Huh? Interesting. Interesting. You've been through. I guess I'm a fighter. Yeah. And I ultimately believe that if you didn't do anything wrong, they can't frame you. I mean, that's why I represented Donald Trump. I represented Donald Trump because he was an innocent man being accused of things he didn't do. And I find that abhorrent and i find that that's the highest role for a lawyer to, to do the hardest thing to do is to represent an innocent man i first met Put you pressure. i first met you in 1986 and uh, i know in my gut that you did absolutely nothing wrong i do i just uh, and the new yorkers know that new yorkers who've been paying attention i want to ask you real quick uh we don't have any much more time andrew giuliani your son <laughs> is running for governor and quite frankly I, quite frankly, he's impressing people. I, I'm impressed. I know. I know. I have people that have called me and said, gee, I didn't know he knew all that. And then he was, he's able to take command of a situation so well. And Well, he is. Uh, what do you think? I mean, what, what, do you give him pointers? I do, but he doesn't need too many. <laughs> I mean, I've, I have done it a few more times than he has. So there are a few things he can he can learn. But he's uh, I, 
hard to say because I'm his father. He's impressing me, too. <laughs> well, I know some of the uh, coverage has been negative, but guess who had negative coverage in the early stages? Donald Trump. They and didn't me? take him seriously <laughs> at all. And wouldn't you? Oh, yeah. Well, when I made the transition, he'll just be a prosecutor. He'll just put people in jail because that was a good thing to do back then. Well. In fact, it wouldn't be bad if we had somebody unlike this mayor who lets people out of jail who yeah. put people in jail. Uh, finally, who will be the next mayor of New York City, do you think? Yang, Ad, Adam, Adams, no, Adams, no, Adams, like uh, who's the long shot? Yang has sort of fo- f- died, right? Curtis Lewa? Oh, Curtis will be the next mayor. I thought you meant the next Democratic candidate. Well, next mayor, we're hoping. we got our fingers crossed for Curtis. we got to well, leave Curtis, Curtis, I mean, Curtis could really do this job. I mean, people sometimes under, under rate him because of the, of the, I don't know why, because of the Guardian Angels. That guy's a very, very smart guy, one of the smartest guys I know. And he knows the city. And he has command of the one big issue. Crime. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there are only two people I could think of that could do the job right now. And one of them is your dad. (laughs) And the other is Curtis. Thanks very much. Rudy Giuliani, America's mayor, to be continued. Thank you so much. (laughs) Best to the president. We'll be right. So you heard it from Rudy uh, that, um, you know, he's 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 making it. No. And he said something very important. If you haven't done anything wrong. There's no way they can frame you, right? They can't. So it's going to be quite interesting. Now, Andrew Giuliani is a force to be reckoned with. He's got, a, he's, he's got you know, Rudy's, Rudy's oomph. So we can expect to see some good stuff coming in. Now... I thought that maybe I would have my guest, but my guest is camera shy, voice shy. So they're not going to be on with me. So that's okay. We'll just visit after the show. But for now, I want us to refocus on these riots that are upcoming. Riots are upcoming along with aliens. I just can't wait for the day that we see Adam Schiff talking about aliens. He looks like, you know what Adam Schiff reminds me of? Do you guys remember the movie Roger Rabbit? Um, That detective guy that looked like he was like a real person. Oh, it was the Toon guy, the Toon guy. He looked like he was a real person, but he was in a human suit and was itchy in it. And then his eyes came out and he turned out to be a Toon. That's who he reminds me of. So it's going to be quite interesting uh, to see uh, what the Democrats have to say and if this is just going to fizzle because it's backfiring already on talking about um, aliens. Uh, You know, I mean, I wouldn't put it past them. Like I was having a chat with Gavin yesterday and we were laughing and we were like, you know, it would be funny if, you know, they pretend that there's an alien invasion and because of the aliens, everyone died who got the vaccine. That way, no one's mad at the government. They just blame the aliens. Um, (laughs) That's kind of far fetched and that's sci fi, but you never know. Now on these riots. It's uh, quite interesting to see what um, Newsmax had to say about it. I don't know how you guys are going to take this. Take a listen. We signed up for with a Biden White House. There were at least 12 mass shootings this weekend across the country from Texas to New Jersey. And as the weather heats up, Steve, it's looking like we may be seeing another summer of violence. Yes, unfortunately, Jen, especially as Joe Biden and the left look to defend. 
fund police departments. But it also looks like Congress. So they're thumping the same stuff that the mainstream media is telling you, only giving it a nice little conservative spin on it. Uh, how sad, right? Death. And I have some thoughts about that anniversary because tomorrow he hosts the family of the late George Floyd at the White House to mark the anniversary of George Floyd's death. Protests over what happened on that fateful day in Minneapolis turned into a summer of violent riots that led to death, cities in flames, and billions in property damage. All the while, the left created a carefully crafted myth, one dutifully sold by the mainstream media, that Floyd was someone to be revered, a role model to be emulated, and even a heavenly figure to be quasi-worshipped. Biden and others will use the anniversary to further anoint St. George. Thank you, George Floyd, for sacrificing your life for justice because of you and because of thousands, millions of people. That was a really interesting statement. And again, I apologize for the audio. There's some interference. I'm using another computer today, so I think that's it. But how interesting was that? He sacrificed his life for justice. Uh, didn't he not get justice because he was killed? I'm a little bit confused, Nancy. Why would you say that? Around the world who came out for justice, your name will always be synonymous with justice. But George Floyd was a troubled man who brought misery and pain to many. During a 2007 home invasion, he pulled a gun on a pregnant mother, pointing the pistol at the unborn baby in her stomach. He and his hoodlum friends were looking for cash and drugs in the home. Floyd served five years in prison for this horrific crime, the most serious offense on a long rap sheet of arrests. And Wait, why didn't they mention that when George Floyd and his buddies held this pregnant lady hostage for cash that they gang raped her? Uh, I think Cortez missed that part. And violent acts. Now, that doesn't mean Floyd deserved to die in the street. And I am not defending the tactics of Derek Chauvin. I do believe that Floyd was abused badly that day in Minnesota. It's also become clear that the jury that convicted Chauvin was very conflicted, with one alternate juror admitting that she was fearful. She said, quote, I was concerned about people coming to my house. But regardless of the problems with the trial, Officer Chauvin's conviction only accelerated the elevation of Floyd into some heroic saint, which is an affront to his many victims. Imagine one of them watching one of the most powerful women on earth, Pelosi, speak about George Floyd as if he is St. Peter. Now, there are lots, lots of legitimate black heroes to celebrate, but he is not one of them. Young black men should be encouraged to grow up to become, should not be encouraged to grow up to be a man who lived a life of drug abuse and crime, but rather to be men like Robert Johnson, Walter Payton, or Denzel Washington. And young black men, all young men for that matter, should be taught to comply with police directives. There are moments Even if when those reality are hit. acting improperly. Folks with cameras everywhere, including body cams on most cops, there's a high likelihood that abusive cops, and there aren't many abusive cops, but there's a high likelihood that they will pay a steep price for their abuses. But we must convince our young people that resisting the police can lead to terrible consequences. Now, Floyd's fate absolutely can be mourned. His necessary, it was tragic. Chauvin has been charged with murder, convicted, and is en route to a probably lengthy prison sentence. But stop letting Biden and the left create a myth that Floyd 
should be revered or form a part of our national consciousness alongside people like Dr. Martin Luther King. But even Dr. King's assassination did not have the worldwide impact that George Floyd's mm -hmm. death did. Holy crap. Did Biden just say that Martin Luther King's death wasn't as important as George Floyd's? Now that's disgusting. That should tell you everything you need to know. George's death could have been a rallying point for better relations between police and communities. Instead, his death was quickly weaponized by radical, radical agitators and anti-police zealots who turned neighborhoods, many of them full of black and brown people, into de facto war zones. Let's break down some of the damning data. In 2020, in our three largest cities, murders were up year over year, 2020 versus 2019, in Chicago, 50%. New York, 40%. Los Angeles, 30%. And things haven't gotten better in most of these cities, in all of these cities, in 2021. For example, in the city of Chicago, carjackings so far this year, 2021, there are 558 of them versus 603 for the entirety of the year 2019. Now, let's not celebrate a man who lived by the code of violence, even if his own life ended tragically. Let's implement policies that will help not hurt struggling communities, things like Educational choice, controlling no. migration, no. No. so that the wages of working. Okay, so that's it. Cortez is 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 no longer on my list. Why? He should have said there are tons of people that were a different shade of color that have been killed just like George Floyd, and nobody did anything. That's what he should have pointed out. That is exactly what he should have pointed out, and he didn't. But is the right is talking about? looting and rioting like we saw with the Native Americans uh, yesterday with their video that was taken down, but we had it and we showed it to you. They're priming you. They're getting you ready. Because what's going to happen in June huh, is going to be quite interesting. Can we make it fizzle? I don't know. Here's what Rob Schmidt wants to tell you about it hits home in a way that it cannot be ignored. The story of BLM activist Sasha Johnson, shot over the weekend nearly one year after George Floyd's death, is one of those moments. 27-year-old Sasha Johnson, leader of a group called the Taking the Initiative Party, which is similar to Black Lives Matter, was at a party herself in London very early on Sunday morning. Witnesses say just before 3 a.m., a rival gang opened fire on that party. Sasha Johnson was shot in the head. Johnson is reportedly clinging to life at a local hospital. Johnson has pushed for white people to be enslaved, a national registry of people her organization deems racist, and of course, defunding the police. And therein lies the ultimate irony in this sad story, one that cannot and should not be ignored in London or right here at home. A left-wing activist with a political motive filled with rage against police, a woman whose actions are doing the exact opposite of what is intended, a woman whose rhetoric makes black neighborhoods more dangerous by diminishing their police forces. That woman is hit by a stray bullet likely fired by a gang member. Between two individuals, all two guns, and it was wrong place, wrong time. Sasha Johnson's group, as well as Black Lives Matter, are directly responsible for an extraordinary acceleration of black deaths in inner cities, this kind of crime. Their rhetoric leads to the kinds of shootings that put Sasha Johnson, 
herself in the hospital fighting for her life. You know the story. Cops are under attack. Criminals are emboldened. Homicide rates are skyrocketing. We're seeing it all over this country. We've had a full year of trying it their way, watching leftist cities descend into hell. Black Lives Matter yawns when you tell them these stats, just idly waiting for the moment a cop kills a black man. And then all of a sudden, black lives actually do matter again to this Marxist movement. According to Axios, at least 20 large U.S. cities have reduced their police budgets in some form, adding up to some $840 million. Spineless city leaders who literally care more about being fashionable and accepted by the far left than they do about the number of people who are murdered in their city. Welcome to liberal politics. The data speaks for itself. Crime is up all over the country, and it's been priceless to watch many left-wing mayors have to flip and refund the police when they see their poll numbers start to slide, of course. More inner-city residents killed won't inspire any change, but the loss of the next election sure will. Look at New York City. In June of last year, even as shootings were spiking during our summer of hell, Bill de Blasio proposed a $1 billion budget slash to the NYPD. And de Blasio got to bask in the warmth of praise by some of the dumbest members of society that supported the move, but then quickly reversed course on those cuts. He had to. What choice did he have? Month after month, the city reports startling increases in crime. The latest numbers, crime rose by 30.4% in April 2021 compared to April 2020. Police saying the greatest increases came in shootings, which were up 166% year over year, April to April. Even de Blasio, with his very limited capacity, can see these numbers are not sustainable. It took nearly eight years, but de Blasio did just what he promised way back when he first ran. Black residents are now safe from stop and frisk by the NYPD. They just have to dodge bullets on their way home from the grocery store. I guess that's the trade-off everybody wanted. Tomorrow, de Blasio will be kneeling in honor of George Floyd to commemorate his death. Think about that, optically, kneeling, assuming the same pose of the cop who was charged in Floyd's death. Again, it's Bill de Blasio. Nobody's surprised when he does something stupid. It happens all the time. All over the country, leftist leaders are being forced to decide if defunding the police is worth the cost of violence to their constituents. That inevitably follows. The fact that that's even a hard decision to make tells you just how pathetic the discourse in this country is right now. The Democrat Party is listening to crazy people spouting insane ideas because the crazy people are screaming racism. And Democrats don't know how to say no to anything that is attached to that word. In L.A., defunding the police was a hugely popular idea, the latest trendy thing in Hollywood, right? But according to The New York Times, city leaders embraced the message by agreeing to take $150 million away from the LAPD, about 8% of the department's budget. The city last week agreed to increase the police budget to allow the department to hire about 250 more police officers. The increase essentially restores the cuts that followed the protests. This is what happens when you have idiots running your city. And that's the case in most blue cities. It took Los Angeles. Think about this. It took L.A. about a year to figure out that more people dying is bad. At the national level, our leaders in Congress have been working to pass a national police reform bill. Republican Senator Tim Scott had one last year, of course, but obviously Democrats couldn't have a reform bill that was written by a Republican, so they couldn't go for that. Police reform really doesn't matter, right? The politics of police reform does, and they're going to miss the deadline that President Biden set for them on that, and that's a big blow for the Biden race-obsessed administration. The Floyd family is invited to the White House tomorrow, as you might have assumed. 
Presumably, Biden was hoping to parade the family in front of the cameras as he signed off on this police reform legislation. Now, that's not going to happen. Here's Jen Psaki today. So tomorrow, the president is hosting uh, members of the Floyd family here at the White House to mark the anniversary of his tragic killing. Uh, This is going to be a private meeting. He wanted this meeting to be private uh, in order to um, have a real conversation and preserve that um, with the family. No, it's private because they don't have a bill to sign tomorrow. That's why it's private. Tomorrow, you're going to hear all about what a hero George Floyd was. The left looks at this man as a martyr, a man who at one point in his life put a gun to the belly of a pregnant woman during a robbery, a man who screamed he had eaten too many drugs and then resisted arrest to the point where he had to be laid on the ground instead of placed into the backseat of a cop car. Again, George Floyd should not have died one year ago, but beware of the facts when you watch the one-year anniversary of his death. This is how your tax dollars are being spent over at PBS. Take a look. In a year of racial reckoning, violence, abuse, and inequities persist. We, the jury, find the defendant guilty. The show ban verdict hinted at a path to justice. Yet much more is to be done. Now's the time to act. How can we create lasting change? Race matters. America after George Floyd. PBS not even trying anymore. Full-blown left wing, they couldn't care less. They feel emboldened. Trump's gone. They can be who they really want to be. We can create lasting change, as the ad said, by ditching efforts that make life easier for criminals. You really want to create lasting change? You really want to clean up cities or you just want to pander to narratives? If you do, make criminals' lives a little tougher. The Justice for Floyd bill is stalled out in the Senate because Republicans are fighting against the purge to eliminate what's called qualified immunity, which is something that protects police officers from lawsuits. The left would love to get rid of that. You want to see crime explode? Get rid of qualified immunity. You want to see a lot more minority killings in in inner cities? Get rid of qualified immunity. If that goes, prepare for a world where cops are just going to avoid criminal encounters, just like the left wants. Joining us now is former Minneapolis police officer Steve Dykstra. Uh, Steve, thank you so much for coming on. It's good to see you tonight. Thanks for having me, Rob. Of course, yeah. I want to start with qualified immunity immunity. Um, as a former police officer yourself, tell us how important this is to the job that you guys do and what happens if it goes. Well, qualified immunity just lets us um, do our jobs without the fear of having um, flagrant lawsuits. Um, as long as we're acting in good faith um, in, in our jobs and following policy, right. um, we're protected. You were a Minneapolis cop. Um, the night that uh, the precinct had to be evacuated because it was set on fire by rioters, that was a, a turning point for you, I understand. Can you talk more about that? Yes, sir. Um, so when I found out that um, uh, the word had come down from the mayor uh, through the chief um, um, to the command staff at the 3rd Precinct to start taking items out, sensitive items, equipment, um, computers, that sort of thing. When I saw that happening, I asked, I said, hey, what is going on here? What are we doing? Mm-hmm. What's the plan? And at that point, it was still daylight. Um, the crowd was still kept back. And I was told, yeah, we're, we're pulling out. We're going to let them have it. Um, the mayor said it was just wow. brick and mortar. So. That is insane. I mean, we're watching <laughs> some of the video here. It's, it's just unbelievable. What is it that you think? I mean, when you hear people talk, uh, you hear 
hear politicians. I've heard Cory Bush uh, talk about uh, giving any more money to police is bad. They say cops are bad, that we need to just get rid of policing altogether. Do these people, do you think they really believe the words that are coming out of their mouth or do they just have some political end game that they're trying to get to? Because how could anybody honestly think that if you got rid of cops in this country, that things would get better? Yeah, I don't, I don't know what the uh, end game is. Um, yeah. I'll tell you this. Um, I believe that to them, the, the end justifies, justifies the means. Um, so um, creating division and creating this war against police um, is either a cover for something else that's going on yeah. or uh, we're going to be replaced with, with something that they would prefer, it's, which it's, I don't. Yeah. With, I don't think people will like that either. No, I mean, it's just amazing, man, because, I mean, these people make these comments. And, I mean, you can just you can go through city by city. This is what happens when you remove police officers. Here are how many more black lives were taken because you remove police officers from these communities. And they just couldn't care less about those numbers. It's just it's it's unbelievable to me the way they play this game, Uh, even in places like New York. uh, We're uh, here in this city. uh, They have begrudgingly refunded the police. Uh, you still see, though, the Democrat leaders trashing police officers. The New York Attorney General, Letitia James, huge liberal, uh, pushing a bill that will make it easier to charge police officers with a crime. Here's some of her remarks. The system was built to protect the shield officers. In fact, in New York, it is exceedingly difficult to prosecute police officers who kill civilians because of an expansive justification law that gives Officers, extraordinary wide latitude to use force. I mean, that's the attorney general. What's your reaction to that? Um, it's disgusting. I mean, officers sign up to do this job. We want to serve and protect. Yeah. Um, this kind of rhetoric is is completely uncalled for. Your average cop just wants to go out there, do his job, and be a hero, protecting people and stopping bad guys from doing bad things. Yeah. Um, and this this sort of rhetoric here, this, these sort of policies are going to make the good cops um, go away. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I'm not sure right now, just like you left your department, a lot of others left your department. I'm not sure who is itching to become a cop. You know, the, who's the next generation of cops going to be? I can't even imagine. It's a, it's a scary thought. Um, the president is pushing the George Floyd Act hard, obviously. Uh, here he is at the joint address to Congress last month. My fellow Americans, we have to come together to rebuild trust between law enforcement and the people they serve, to root out systemic racism in our criminal justice system, and to enact police reform in George Floyd's name. That passed the House already. Do we have systemic racism in our policing? Rob, let me tell you what's systemic. Uh, what's systemic is what's happening in all these Democrat-run progressive blue cities. Um, they, they go after the police. They've been doing it for a long time, probably the last 10 years. And what's happened is the crime rates have spiked. Um, people aren't safe. Businesses are moving out. Right. Um, that's what's systemic, uh, in my opinion. And that's and that's where the that's where the actual numbers, if you look at the facts, if you actually look at the statistics, that's where you see the numbers. You don't see it anywhere else except the fact that when you start getting rid of cops, you make places more dangerous and you have more people die in these big cities. And it's just crazy that nobody else can see that on the left. It is unbelievable. All right. Former Minneapolis police officer Steve Dykstra, sir, thank you so much for taking the time. Good to talk to you.
Thanks for having me, Rob. Of course. Take care. Yeah. All right. Take care. Hey, I'm Rob Finnerty. So where do we go from here? We're going to see riots uptick. We're going to see insane uh, rhetoric pushing out. And all the while, our, our, absolutely nothing. In the meantime, we have a faux selected administration by the corporations that are slowly coming to surface that it's the corporations that selected your administration. It wasn't you. It wasn't anybody else. The election fraud will come to surface, but they keep saying it's not going to change. Oh, it's going to change everything. It's just, if you want to fight, it's going to be on our terms this time. It's not going to be on yours. And that's the way it should be because the cities in the country need to understand that we can sequester more as a United America. Cause remember a United America is an unstoppable America. Now, I know this is quite short, but I'm going to have to let you guys go. I've got a lot to do with my guests that I really wish would have come on and said hi, but they're camera shy. So I really have to get this stuff done. Um, Remember, they canceled Belarus, okay? They told the world, they're telling the world that Belarus is going to be allowed to fly in their airspace and land their aircraft only if they change to a democracy. But they're not using that against China. So whenever someone's telling you, one, oh, leaked information that Biden administration across embassies is going to put the BLM flags, turn them off. They're controlled opposition. They have no idea what they're talking about because this happened even under Trump. The next one, if you hear about the journalists and how crazy it is and how it's the KGB and Russia, 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 turn it off. Controlled opposition. Make sure you spend your energy on real news. Make sure you listen to everything, including CNN, because you guys saw how much we learned from CNN yesterday. Because everybody tells you who they are if you're listening carefully. So on that note, I'm going to end today's show with a little bit of uh, Tom McDonald uh, because one thing they can't do is cancel the United States of America and cancel all of us. They can't do that. So on that note, guys, uh, God bless. Tomorrow is going to be a very fun show. Please don't forget to tune in tomorrow because we're going to have fun. Like lots and lots and lots of fun. It's going to be super fun. God bless everyone. I can't be canceled. There's no way that you can stop me. Fully independent. There's no label who can drop me. Y'all been starting rumors. Let me help you with some. Yeah. He's a racist. He's a sexist. He's in love with Donald Trump. Y'all can't cancel me. My life is scandal free. There ain't no sponsors taking losses cause the brand is me My hands are clean, my family and my fans agree Y'all can't cancel me for facts because you're mad and weak Go ahead and tell the world I'm ugly and racist I braid my hair and I don't care about cultural appropriation I moved to the ghetto, lived in the ghetto, there's no Caucasians And still I loved every single one of my neighbors How's a man say I'm clickbait? If he gonna use this face to get clicks on his page Y'all hypocrites are made but I ain't tripping about these bullies, it ain't 6th grade Go ahead and diss me trying to sell a couple mixtapes 
I'm not afraid. Take my face and my name. Paste it on the front page. I'm already famous and you'll never change it by hating or claiming you'll take it away. My grind wicked, write my rhymes different. You can try to quantify the fine limits as a dying gimmick and denying winning. This is pure fire. This ain't white privilege. Do what I want, get all the Gucci and Louis Vuitton Out of my closet, out of my crib, I do not want it That is for kids, that is for rappers to ask you to produce their beats for free Pretending I'm not like they rich I am not playing it safe, I said what I said, it is what it is I don't care if you mad at me, okay Go ahead and change the channel No wasted time trying to cancel me They love me cause they know that I'm it. Say what you want, I guess it is what it is Haters can talk, but they can't cancel the kid. Go ahead and go off, try and say this is it. But I swear to God, you can't cancel the kid.